0: welcome to the east side church podcast we're a community-driven church based in charlotte north carolina and invite you to join us on sundays at 9 or 11 a.m for more information visit our website eastsidechurch.co y'all hitting god good hey man oh somebody was raised in church they said all the time and all the time y'all better say it amen if you could, if you could turn with me to Luke 19 and hold your place there. But tonight I want to talk to you about an identity birth out of encounter, or an identity birth from encounter. Encounter. If you can't look to your neighbor and say identity, from the time that you're born and the time that you come into this world, immediately there is there is um, an intention to write on the tablet of your life, or the scroll, of what your identity is going to be. From the very first point, when your parents see you, uh, when you first come out the womb, and many of you who know, know me closely, you know how much of an encounter that was with me having Kelly. I told all my close friends, hey, they didn't tell me all this. I'm going to tell you, and the looks on their faces was quite disgusting at the end of it. They're like, I think you told me too much. I, was like, I didn't know but from the time that you've been formed into this world you've constantly constantly been in a war for people to try to shape your identity for this world to try to shape it your parents probably did the best that they could and all of our parents did as far as trying to teach us in the right ways but the world always always puts labels sometimes if you get a group of people who are labeled we call them a clique Um, and so if we're not careful, we will just fall into these labels. But God is teaching us about how to have an identity that is birthed out of encounter. Amen? A couple weeks ago, Pastor Brandon, he talked really good, and you and talked to him on Mark 10. And oftentimes, we look at things uh, from a religious mindset, and we don't even know. Uh, for example, we call the rich young ruler. We still call him the rich young ruler. But this is someone who in an encounter with a holy God, an encounter with Jesus turns and walks away from that. But we still call him the rich young But the woman with the issue of blood is still the woman with the See what religion does? Religion perverts what's pure all the time And religion never lets you actually walk in the identity that kingdom granted to you this is what I learned. In a place called devotion, God is able to show us things. And I'll just talk for myself. He's able to show me things that once were shameful, that I once carried shame in. And I don't know if you're here tonight and you've carried shame in. I just want you to know that this is a shame breaking place. Amen. It's, it, for, the, for the demon that's attached to shame, he has no chance here. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you this because these are real things that we attach ourselves to, to where we're saying this, well, I've only known this one identity for most of my life. And now I feel God calling me to something different, but I'm not quite sure if I can, because all I've known is the identity that I've been attached to my entire life. Since we still, religion deems her the woman with the issue of blood and they don't call her a daughter of Christ don't say how beautiful she walked away that at one touch from the master one touch from Jesus he feels strength God, we don't call her the daughter that encountered a holy God we still say the woman with the issue it sounds religious right and it might seem like I'm making a dig at something but what I'm saying is is that sometimes we attach the wrong value to the wrong things God is trying to set some people free tonight, but in your mind, you have this idea of what freedom looks like, and it is not the kingdom. If in your mind, freedom looks like you working more, trying to, trying to make yourself more holy, it might not be the type of freedom that Christ died for. He says, come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest. It seems counterintuitive for our, our today's model where people don't work from rest. They actually work, 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 call, go on a thing called vacation and do so much stuff in the vacation that they come back not even rested, right? And if we're not careful, we will let the world define us by our issues. There's an old philosophy in theology that says this, uh, I'm just a sinner saved by The problem with that is that you never walk into full adopted sonship because you don't attach value to the one who has saved you, who has called you out of darkness and said, I love you. You're my son. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to do anything for it. You're my son. You're my daughter. But if we work from a religious place, we're thinking constantly, well, I have to do something to earn this. I want to talk to you, even um, tonight, one, one, one other person that we give a bad rep, and Michael, he made a status about this literally moments after we talked about it, and he was, he was talking about it uh, earlier in the week, and we're talking about doubting Thomas. You see how we do, like, I mean, like, we don't give people a chance, they encounter Jesus, it's fantastic, and we're like, what, you still doubting Thomas, though? Now I doubt Jesus too sometimes, but you still doubt in Thomas. And when God is shifting things, and when you hear words of the Lord being declared over the house all the time that say this, that say, oh, well, God is shifting a culture, and God is uh, preparing a church for revival, those, are, those sound like buzzwords, but for this house, I believe the word of the Lord is this. God's not calling you to um, just gather with other churches and have extended services. He's calling you to a new dimension of his reality of love. Blah, 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 blah. I will repeat and say that one more time, okay? God's not calling you to set up a tent out here. He might. He's not calling you just for a tent and a couple churches to come together. You have two or three weeks in August and say, didn't we have revival? God's calling you to be so close to him in proximity. I don't know if you got that word earlier, but God gave me this just as I was writing it. It says that Pastor Alex was talking was with a call to devotion. Um, that's where the heart of the bride will grow irresistible. Say irresistible. Irresistible. It is not what you do for God that makes you more more, resistant. That doesn't make you more attractive to him because you're doing, doing, doing. What makes you attractive is that your heart is pure for him. Oh, how I long to see you. Can I talk to you for a second? Oh, how I long for you to come here. That makes my when my heart is for him, I make sure that it's not about religion, it's about being pure. If I just want the platform and I'm never concerned about God, but is my heart pure? It's 7.36 on Wednesday night and I have an incredible opportunity to talk to people and influence people, but is my heart pure? Because in the place of devotion, God refines you. Strips you back, takes everything that you had comfort in. I'm talking from personal experience. And some of you are, are, are regretting this process. You're like, oh, why, why could not I just be normal, God? Why is it the moment that you begin to get revelation from the Lord, begin to tell your friends about it, you begin to feel a, 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 a degree of separation from quote-unquote church people? Uh, okay all right I'll talk to myself even if nobody else it's okay because you're not created to just be common I'm not gonna I'm not gonna destroy the message that I have for tonight but we look at another man in Luke 19 if you look in there you see the story of Zacchaeus And if you were ever in Sunday school, we learned that Zacchaeus was a, and a, was, come on y'all, we are dissing these dudes in the Bible. We are dissing these brothers. Zacchaeus, yes, might have been short in stature, but I want to reclaim his definition as this is someone who was hungry for the heart of God. I want you to understand. Some zacchaeus was a lot like me. He was short in stature. He didn't have a whole lot of things together, and so what he had to set his mind on probably was the things that he actually accomplished. He was a short man. He didn't have presence. You know, like when Pastor Alex comes in the room, he has presence. I am Alex, but I'm kidding. i I love you, though JP don't have presence like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to get to know me. I gotta make you laugh or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not just gonna be like, oh, that dude just came in the room. Zacchaeus is a lot like me. He was short in stature. And, and what happens with Zacchaeus is this he's a tax collector. And it, the Bible even says this if you look at your Bibles, there it says that he was a chief tax collector. So, not only was he the one that the Jews hated, but he really hated, they really hated him because he made it a point to be good at taking advantage of people, to be good at charging extra profit above the tax that was owed so that they would, so that, so that he would just basically fatten his own, prop, his, his own pockets. But Zacchaeus, the wee little man that we call him, he one day finds himself in a situation where he hears that Jesus is coming into town. And because Zacchaeus is short, you know, this is short people problems. If you sit on the third row, well, you know, y'all remember whenever it was like a lot of rows up here. And if it was, if Drew Burdick was standing in front of me, I would just be mad. You know, Drew and Jordan. I mean, come on, really? I can't see the screen. But Zacchaeus finds himself in a situation just like this where he he knows that Jesus is coming to town, but he is short in stature and he can't even see. But Zacchaeus, he, he has drive. And what happens is we see this picture of Zacchaeus and his drive. Can we pick up with verse 3 there, Kev? Verse 3, it says, And he was seeking... To see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, he could not, because he was of small stature. Keep going. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a what? To see him, for he was about to pass that way. I want you to understand this that whenever you have a heart for the heart of God, there is nothing that can stop you from getting to that heart. Amen. I want to talk to you for a second. If God's calling you to the place of devotion, I need you to understand something. It's gonna look different. It may look crowded at the place of just ordinary Christianity and the culture of Christianity that we live in. That's pretty crowded. You got K-Love stations for that. You got gospel radio for that. You got a lot of things that just are Christian you know, today. But when God is calling you to be where I am, and if you have a heart that just says, you know what, I just can't go to church. I just can't just go to church. There's got to be more. I want to submit to you this. Zacchaeus was the brother that said, there has to be more. I know I've made a name for myself. I know I've even come down on people. I've done them wrong, but there has to be more. And I've got to figure out about this guy, Jesus. And Zacchaeus, opposite of the rich young ruler, which I'm gonna say for this sermon, which is the poor young slave, because he walked away from eternal riches found in Jesus. It saddened him that he was gonna lose everything. It saddened him, so he walked away. I want you to understand that Zacchaeus, this brother, his pockets was on swole. I'm I'm sorry, y'all, that's Ebonics. I brought Ebonics back to Eastside. My Lord, I'm sorry. His pockets were full. I'm sorry, there's a the translation. His pockets were full. This brother was making money, and all of that did not touch his eternal satisfaction. He had incredible influence, had incredible power, but none of that influence nor power tugged in the place of his heart where only Jesus could. And he decided that it doesn't matter if there's these people in front of me, if there's a lot of people, I'm going to get to the place where Jesus is. Some of us need to get in our mind and say, I'm going to get to the place where Jesus is i don 't care what religion tells me i don 't care what i 've grew up with you know the biggest hindrances in our life is that we grew up Baptist or we grew up Methodist, we grew up Pentecostal. well, you know we didn 't do it that way okay, that was great. I want to honor that, but okay get to where Jesus is not only where he is, but pay attention in the verse. it says he went to where he was. Get a hold of this. There is prophetic vision that the Lord gives you in a season of devotion that you can't get anywhere else. It's not that he just saw with his eyes and said, oh, okay, all right, there's trajectory. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. now let me go over there. He had to at first want to see who Jesus was. My question is you tonight, do I don't ever take for granted that we are so mature Christians that we don't ever have to ask this question. But my question is this, do you want to see who Jesus really is or are you okay with seeing a picture of him through people and through peers of religion? Are you okay with just experiencing him through the praise and worship band because oh, worship is lit at, at Esau? There's another one, y'all. I'm sorry. Worship is great at Esau. And are you okay with that? Because worship is good, and we have a great worship pastor. We have a great senior pastor, and y'all just need to come to my church. Jesus didn't die for that. If that's your perspective of the Christ, God's calling you deeper. But there are people who live their entire life through the lens of seeing through people just enough to say that I just barely might get in. moses was hid in the cleft of a rock there are people that are okay perfectly fine with just only getting a glimpse of god's backside because that's honorable right but zacchaeus pressed his way zacchaeus sees and he's because he's hungry god gives him he, he just shows him where jesus is going and he meets where jesus is now the next part of this is that we see him in what type of a tree a sycamore tree now y'all this is foolish because this this brother zacchaeus he probably was dignified okay like he probably drove if it was today he probably drove a cadillac Rolls royce bentley i don't know bmw he was a dignified type of brother and they see this man crawling up this tree not only is he short and in some nice sandals and whatever the great fabric of the day was, <laughs> but this brother is climbing up this tree. Can you imagine what it looked like? This little dude, little person, all due respect, climbing up this tree. And he risked all kinds of dignity because he wasn't afraid of getting away from where the crowd was to look undignified oh come on man <sighs> y'all going to have to get an organ sometimes somebody just to play the organ it's just so when it's boom there we go <laughs> he was not afraid to look undignified in the posture of worship. Some of you think that only worship is singing. You think that singing is worship, that music is worship. I'm here to tell you that all of life is that's it. So if it meant getting up on a tree, God, so that I can get to a place where nobody else is, so that I can finally get to a Uh, y'all some about two or three of y'all are really getting this thing if it meant looking foolish he was willing to do it because he knew that there was something in this man that he needed and he wasn't willing to settle for what religion would say stop and stay there what is funny about this is if we can get verse five jesus now sees him and it says this and jesus came to the place he looked up and said to him what now, everybody else in, in the town was calling him, look at that tax collector. They might have called him a wee little man. Here come the wee little man. Y'all seen the wee little man? He'll, he'll collect your taxes, hide your pockets. But Jesus doesn't attach the identity that the village was attaching to him. Oh, man, somebody going to get that here and just... Jesus doesn't attach your negative self-worth or your negative view of yourself to you. Oh my goodness, I'm telling you this. Jesus says this, he says to him, I'm sorry. Verse five, Zacchaeus, not only come down here, this sound like somebody's mama, hurry up. Hurry up and come down here, for I must, what? The heart of Zacchaeus was attractive to Jesus. Is our hearts attracted to the Father? Is our heart attractive to the Father? Is he drawn, is our heart irresistible to him? is our heart does he see the effort some of you press through traffic and all these other things and other all the other excuses y'all know people got excuses especially for church but especially church during the week people got excuses if you listen online i love you but you got excuses Zacchaeus he says what he says hurry up Get down here. I want you to understand this. Write this if you're taking notes. The word Zacchaeus means this. His name means the pure one. Jesus doesn't look at your issue and say, tax collector, come here. The one who's done everything wrong, come here. The one who took, took advantage of people and product and pride. The one who walked in authority that was false, come here. The one who did everybody wrong, he doesn't say that. He says, pure one, come here jesus come on so zacchaeus not only does he encounter jesus but now his identity not only his identity now welcomes the presence of the lord his identity welcomes the spirit of the lord it's so attractive to the lord that the lord says this i got to come to your The reason why God called me to a company and not a church was because this is geographic. It is regional. There is revival coming to Charlotte that a company of people are going to be able to usher in what God is saying. That there is a company of people who are going to have hearts to worship. I love to see you worship because, girl, you go at it. Yeah. I know she ain't no introvert by the way she worships, so that didn't embarrass her. Zacchaeus is not a wee little man. Zacchaeus is a giant in our faith. And if we stay in the lanes of religion, we will always be just more than no more than religion. It wouldn't we'll be no more than religious. Asking the question, God, there must be more. There is a way that you can look like you're getting the replica, that you're getting what comes out of devotion. And this is what it looks like. In church today, if you have a skill or a talent, if you're talented, you can look like you're getting things that were given to you in a place of devotion. But how many of you know that if that house isn't built upon the rock, your talent ain't the rock? Can I talk to some worshipers for a second? Ah! Yes Girl, I know you can sang your behind off, but your talent is not the rock. The what your talent if it's not if it's not even pure, it ain't even close to sand. It's vapor. Some of us have been coming to church for years thinking that we are just building our name. Oh, well, we started out this type of server and now we're serving in this capacity and we're serving in this and this. And God must love me because I'm so faithful to serving, but we don't understand why life keeps going wrong and our families are jacked up from the flow up because Jesus ain't made it from the sanctuary to your living room. Oh my goodness. Y'all ain't got to worry. I ain't got to worry about like getting an invite back. Cause I'm back. <laughs> you dealing with me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I have preached pretty sermons long enough. <laughs> yeah, i just going to get the revelation of the Lord. I'm telling you this. There are people that are dying all day long and we are trying to have church for the unchurched. We're trying to have church for the people who are de churched. No, how about you just have church and just lift high his name? Don't do Jesus's job. Oh, man, I got like 10 minutes and I'm, I'm out of here. But this is, this is it. We live in a world where the role in marriage is reversed. We live in a world where husbands don't act like husbands and wives don't act like wives. So whenever we try to take this kingdom picture of what the husband and what the wife looks like, we have it inverted and we're trying to do the bridegroom's job when all he said was love me. He said, for I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to sit here and off your talents. I'm going to burn you out. You're going to have conferences. You're going to look successful because people are going to be planting every three years, but they're going to be burned out. They're going to have divorce rates the exact same as the world. He never said that one time. I'm not throwing shade, but I'm showing the exposure of where the church is. Where is the heart of the church? God is looking. He's roaming his eyes to and fro for hearts that he can use. And what he finds in Zacchaeus is a heart that he can use. Didn't matter about his baggage. He said, I can use you because you're pure. You're the pure one. I want to continue reading that. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. This is a picture of the father's love. Y'all just hold off right there. Just, just keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. holding there, Kevin. Don't, don't take it off. But y'all, I know you heard it. You heard it from, uh, from from Pastor Alex the other day, other week. But we were sitting in a restaurant in Charlotte, and we we're having lunch, and I could hear Jesus calling through our pastor. And I didn't have to run anywhere, but I just opened my heart and it was joyful. It was undignified, because it was a nice place, y'all. You know, people looked like they had nice jobs around us and stuff, you know. (laughs) I'm like, do they even care? But I just (laughs) You know, if I was real charismatic, I'd hit the "Ah!" Yeah, that was (laughs) But I remember sitting there and I could feel Jesus (laughs) calling through Y'all don't understand. Like, I'm just gonna be real vulnerable, right? So, a couple months before my dad died, Pastor Alex is in the hospital, and he tells me he's using the Lord uh, because when you're prophetic, you don't just prophesy when it looks like everybody's getting new cars and you get in a car, you get in a car, you get in a car. Now, prophets are not Oprah, okay? (laughs) You know, (laughs) but prophets prophesy even when it's not popular, okay? And so I remember being in the hospital, and he says, "You don't have long." And I, and, I, and I rejected it because it was the same voice of Jesus coming through him then as what was happening at the table whenever it says you don't have shame and that, <laughs> that there's nothing to be ashamed of. And, oh man. And back then, God began to do a work in my heart where I just began to submit myself. You don't understand submission until you actually have the, op- you have the opportunity to disobey. That's whenever submission is tested, okay? Don't say you submit to somebody, and you ain't never had the opportunity to disagree with them. Because submission the is when I have the opportunity to disagree, I submit my will to what God has trusted as far as authority. I want say that one more time. Submission to a pastor is not about someone lording over you and saying, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. It's about them loving God so much that his love for them just comes and pours out in the mantle of authority over your life. And you can't help but run. You can't run from it to it. It It's attractive to you. And if you run from it, I guarantee you, you're going to feel the repercussions of it. But Jesus meets him joyfully. And in verse seven, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. <laughs> Church folk, grumbled it. He has gone in to be the guest of the man who is a... Mm. You know, we forget how far we come sometimes. <laughs> Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the next. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it. How many? When the Spirit of God is on your life, it will produce an anointing that is irresistible to God, but also will produce you to right wrongs that you never thought you'd be able to right. Layman's terms. Some of us live under the umbrella of debt in our society, and we feel like we can't pay you feel locked in the bondage of different things. And what happens is, is when you begin to submit yourself to the Lord, you submit your finances, you submit your heart, you submit your posture of worship, He gives you the opportunity not only to pay it back, but to be able to afford it fourfold. Come on, y'all. That's not prosperity talking there. That's just kingdom, okay? Kingdom revelation. Like, you can use that. I'm not manipulating that. I'm not saying you're getting four cars. I'm just saying that a surrendered heart is irresistible to a loving God. Verse 9, and Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of You got to understand, there is an Abrahamic covenant. There is a covenant that God made with Abraham that says this, through you, all the nations of the earth will be. This is right after God disperses all of the people of the earth into different corners of the earth. God makes a promise. He makes a promise with his son and says, through you, all of them, I got a plan to bring them back together. As I close, I say this. Zacchaeus, with all of his junk, with all of the wrongdoing that he did, Jesus still saw him as pure. You gotta recognize that God is a loving father and he sees you as pure. And he's waiting for you to get uncomfortable enough to do whatever it takes to come after him to just see about him. I love that song, "Reckless Love." There's no mountain. What is that? Was that? There's no mountain you wouldn't climb up, no, to come after me. Y'all got the words that, you know. I had to Google it. But he's relentless with his pursuit of you. And what God is calling us as a church to be is relentless to the secret place. If you're a man, you know what this feels like to have your wife prepare the house and do these things. And you know how much effort they put into preparing something special. And when you come in, there's something, I don't care if you're the hardest dude ever, you know, some of y'all try to not be emotional, whatever. That ain't, ain't, that's not the culture of this house. Amen, praise God. But some dudes watching online. um, This is the irresistible love That God is saying, I just want you to love me and lift me high. Be okay with looking different. Be okay with feeling uncomfortable. Be okay with inviting people to a company of people who have, who have devoted themselves to devotion. You ain't got to say, I understand everything. Because, you know, I know some of y'all coming from Baptist backgrounds and stuff. It's, sometimes it's kind of it's weird a little bit. Sometimes we're spinning around different things. It could, it could feel that way in your own flesh. But you know that no one is sitting here trying to be a show. And if they were, Bob Alex wouldn't have it. <laughs> There's no shame in being who God has created you to be. There's no shame. That's all I got. So I'm going to pray that in. You got anything? (sighs) Father, so many times you teach us in the valleys you teach us in the places that don't often seem to make sense but oh God I'm grateful for your valleys I'm so grateful God that you've called us to a company of people who have left the place of comfort to pursue the place of intercession to pursue the place of devotion to you I thank you God that there's no weight to those words that you've called us just as we are to live a life devoted to you. The thing about devotion is that we can't be halfly, we can't be halfway devoted. And so God, we pray for boldness to not settle with what religion gives us as an experience but to press away from crowds, climb up trees, look crazy before you, fulfilling the prophecy that if we come to you like children, you'll be with us. And Father, most importantly, we ask you to take you, we want to take you to our homes. We want you to come to our homes. Father, As parents, we ask you, God, to give us courage to have conversations. We often phrase them as hard conversations, but give us courage to just have conversations about you being in our home, for you are there. And despite what anything in this world tells us, you are the light. And we choose to lift you high. So, God, we take our rightful place as your bride. And Jesus, we let you lead and you build your church. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the East Side Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.